Hi, I'm Beck Rayner, and this is the Military Wife Life podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, and embraces the spouses behind the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever, whenever, and Defence Bank offers competitive products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome Amanda to the Military Wife Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. So can you tell me how long you and your husband have been together, how you met? We have been together for just over nine years. We met on a drunken girls night out at our local nightclub slash pub. Not a very um, exciting story. We were already about a bottle down before we decided to go out. So it ended up being quite a messy beginning to the evening, but uh ended up, yeah, meeting him and that's us. That's how we met at a nightclub. When you met, was he in defence? Was he joining? What was his situation? He'd already been in for a couple of years and he had just come into Sydney, which is where I was. So yeah, it was kind of in for about maybe five years or so. So when you obviously found out what he did, did that have any impact on whether you would go forward with a relationship with him? Did you know what that might mean? No idea. I was oblivious to the fact of I guess what defense life actually looked like yeah no idea not from I'm not from a military background my family aren't from a military background so it really didn't play a part in whether or not we were going to go forward we actually denied our relationship for so long I didn't connect the dots that I was even an army girlfriend for such a long period of time so no idea what I was in for so what was by the time you came around to the idea of actually being an army girlfriend what was your introduction to defense life like my first introduction was not a amazing. I was at a function when I was approached by, I had a run in with an awful army wife and you know, I don't like to speak ill of other army wives, but she was horrible. So after that, and look, there was a lot of alcohol um, on her part and obviously some insecurities and I felt for her. But after that, I really stayed fairly distant and separated my life from military. And I was quite independent. I had no kids. I was just like, you do you and I'll do me. And I don't care what you do. But yeah, I have a couple of army wife friends now um, that I've connected via social media. So not in his direct circle, but um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it's improved. I guess that then solidified in your mind, okay, well, I'll just have my life and go forward and he can do his thing in defense. But do you think if you'd had a different introduction to defense and had a group of spouses or or people at that function that were welcoming and, and had a totally different reception to you, that your experience might have been different or your view of what being an army girlfriend or being in that circle was yeah. like would have been different? Absolutely. You know, there were a few events afterwards due to unfortunate circumstances with a few army serving members and I attended those events and I have a beautiful friend who I was friends with before. She's also an army wife now and she has a great group of friends, a great circle of army friends. And I know during deployments, it has made her life so much easier. So absolutely. Absolutely. I think that I would have been able to feel a little bit more affiliated with being an army wife, but yes, absolutely. You know, due to that, 
I was quite standoffish. When you first got together, how long was it before your then boyfriend, now husband, went on a deployment and you, I guess, really got a taste of defence life and, you know, were lacking maybe that support system or other people that were going through something similar? Yeah, it was, we were dating for six months when he went on his first deployment and we moved quite quickly in the sense that we're both very, uh, we're both realist. So we moved quite quickly and we moved in with each other well I just said look don't pay rent you can move all of your stuff to my house and just keep it there while you're on a deployment you can decide what you do after that so yeah it was literally six months after we had started dating and that deployment actually was quite a terrible one and I struggled when there was a serious event that did occur because I didn't have a circle I didn't know a lot of the ways that I could reach out when those events did occur so yeah it I quite struggled after that not knowing if he was going to come home yeah so it wasn't the greatest first deployment it made it quite it made it actually really difficult to put into I guess context of what it should and what it should look like and what it should feel like it was, yeah, it was a real rude awakening. So how did you go forward with that feeling of, you know, that initial initial interaction at that function and feeling like, oh, well, this is not a, a great start. And then the first deployment and feeling like, how do I even reach out? What, I don't even know what's available sort of thing. And just, I guess, getting on with it by yourself. How did you go forward without, I guess, being worried about having to do that over and over by yourself or how, whether you could cope with that for the long term? Hubby and I are very, we're both very independent people. And we've always talked about the fact that it's his job and it's not my job. So if he was going to be deployed again, it was really just time away, to be honest. And there wasn't, I guess there wasn't really a choice. <laughs> it was just either this is my career and this is what I'm doing. And I guess is our relationship going to work? So look, after that first deployment, I think it's cemented our relationship to the point where I was, I guess, not just impressed, but I really respected his way of thinking and the way that he dealt with the events that occurred during that deployment. So I've had a lot of mishap and trauma and um, loss in my life. So I guess to be able to see someone be able to deal with it in a very similar manner and fashion as I did, I think it cemented our relationship even more. Can you tell us whereabouts your husband and you guys are located at the moment and what job he has at the moment? Does it take him away a, a bit? What is the situation? Yeah, so hubby is in Sydney and we live in Newcastle. So we're about two and a bit hours away and he commutes up on weekends. So we have three young kids. They're almost, well, I've got one. It's almost seven, four and 10 months. And we've actually spent more time apart than together in the last nine years. So with about six or seven deployments, who's, who's counting? Yeah, he was away for the first 14 months of our first daughter's life. So their relationship suffers and, you know, it breaks my heart to see that they aren't closer, but it happens. It's just the way, I guess, it's just the way of um, the defense life and, you know, you know, defense family life. So if he isn't deployed and if he isn't away, then he's up home. And if he is, then so be it. My 10 month old loves when FaceTime rings now. So she's already accustomed to daddy being in the phone. So it's just, you know, it's just, they know no different. I guess it's yeah. just their life. I guess it would be different if, if he had just started in the military, but yeah, they know no different. They know that mum's mum's here forever and 
dad's, I guess, a novelty. Yeah. <laughs> the the fun one. <laughs> no, I'm the fun one, actually. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, not really when I'm supposed to be the, I guess, the one who's here all the time. <laughs> he's, he's more of the disciplinarian. And, oh, um, but I've just learned to fight my battles. When I'm with the kids and I have three kids, you know, you've got to pick those battles. You can't win them all. So, whereas, yeah, he picks, he picks all of them. You mentioned you've lived apart longer than what you've lived together. Obviously, that works for you guys. It does. He's, you know, I love my, I do love my own space. Um, and I am fairly independent. So I'm, you know, it works. I guess absence makes a heart grow stronger, right? Um, and it, you know, but in also he's home, for example, tonight and he's already picked a fight with two of the three kids. Just can you not? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and as, as most military wives know, it's about routine for us yeah. and it's not, because we're a military family because you know it's not like it's ingrained in us it's because there's no room for error and when he comes home he's obviously not you know clued up to what the routine is even though it doesn't change I guess it's easier when the kids are a little bit older but you know with the baby she went through a big separation anxiety where she didn't even she didn't want to be held by him when he got home so it was really quite tough for me I never got a break but um, yeah, it's, as you said, with the kids, it's like, I know that kids need to be, have their teeth brushed at this time. They have dinner at this time. You know, we prepare dinner at this time. So there's no room for error. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they do come back and mess it up a little bit, but it does work for the time being with us being apart, but who knows, who knows what will happen. <laughs> yeah. What is your field of work and how did you envision career and your work working alongside, you know, defense life? Did you factor in, you know, how that might work? Is your husband in a job that takes him to different posting locations around the country? Like how does it work with your career? We've never had to post, so which is great. Although I do have friends who have postings and you know, it just seems just so difficult, especially obviously with kids. So we've never had to actually post. The reason we moved was for my career and a change in scenery. We wanted to get out of Sydney and slow down a little bit. And Newcastle has definitely provided us with a little bit of a, just a slower paced lifestyle. So I was working in the recreation industry, managing leisure centers, so pools and gyms prior to getting married and having babies. And I managed to go back, which was good, but it took a massive toll physically, mentally, especially during deployments. But yeah, I now have an online business and that's, I guess, where my focus is now to be able to pull back from what I was doing full time because yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. I knew, look, I knew his job took priority, even though we, when we earned the same amount of money, I knew that his took priority and I was okay with that. I assumed that when I had kids, you know, my career was over, but I did go back to a full-time job when my firstborn was four months. And then when my son, um, he's my second, when my son was 10 weeks. So I made it work through deployments and moving and, you know, but definitely has taken its toll on me physically to the point where I don't know if it's going to come back yet, but it's okay. So now my online business has literally been the light for me to be at home with our baby and just allow me to be mum. I haven't been able to be mum for six years. You know, it was always that crazy mum doing school drop off and jumping back in the car and running to work. (laughs) You know, whereas now I can just, yeah, just put my mum hat on. Even though obviously having your online business has allowed you to not be the mum rushing off and, you know, juggling and, and not knowing, you know, if 
one of the kids is sick because your husband's deployed, like you don't have that backup and all of that sort of side of things, even though, you know, that's relieved that pressure. How did you in your mind come around to that decision of, I am going to have to pull back because I can't physically keep going the way I am, even though, you know, you might've been doing a job that you really love sort of thing. So like, you know, it's one thing to actually do it, but you're still in your mind that's making a sacrifice and that's, you know, changing that plan that you had in your head for yourself. I've always been prepared for the worst. So, um, you know, let's say for example, hubby and I weren't together. So I've always had my own, um, like I've always been myself. I've never just been, you know, hubby's wife or, you know, a military wife. I've always had my own job, my own career, those kind of things, just in case, you know, shit hit the fan. So, but having the three kids and as you said, you know, having to take time off, having to, you know, there were times where we only had my eldest, uh, Olive. And I remember one night she was really sick and she must had a bug, uh, woke up vomiting everywhere. She was only about 18 months old. And I grabbed her, put her in the shower. And then for whatever reason, I had the same bug. And so we're there just vomiting on each other um, in the shower. And I managed, it took me three hours to get her to sleep. And I still had after that bedding to clean, a bedroom to clean. And then by the time I'd finished it, it was time to get up and go to work. It was a nightmare. There were nightmare nights and nightmare days. And I guess putting all of those together, really, there was no just one line in the sand moment. It, there were so many lines in the sand. When I when we decided to have our baby Daisy, I knew that there had to be another way for me to be able to do what I was doing, or I guess for me to be still be successful and still be able to be mum. And I needed to find that. And that's what I found in my business. So I had to put myself out there and I had to take risks and I had to, you know, be vulnerable and I have to be I had to be, you know, overcome fear and self-doubt. And I've done all of that. And, uh, you know, and I guess that's why I'm so passionate about it because I never want anybody to have to do what I had to do because we've sacrificed a lot. And, you know, as I said, physically, you know, I've got squash vertebrae, I've got the worst pains and to the point where it may not go back. So I'm just in constant physical pain where I should have just been able to just take a step back and not work as hard (laughs) Um, and take more care of myself. And it's only really now that I've, my Cairo was like, how did it get this bad? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, I do know, but I should have pulled back a long time ago. So I don't think there was, as I said, I don't think there was one line in the sand. I think there were many. I just stepped over a few of them. You know, people are like, how do you do it? It's like, well, when you don't have a choice, you just do it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Nine out of 10 defense spouses wish they found out about defense banks sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning, has cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, and pin change functionality, savings roundups, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Fitbit Pay, Garmin Pay, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. So I guess on the flip side, even saying that 
well, I transitioned from being in a job to having my own online business. And obviously that provides you with the flexibility of working around the kids. And if one of the kids is sick up during the night, you know, you have that flexibility because you're the boss. But in saying that, when you have your own business, there is always something to do, especially when you work from home. How do you juggle it and how do you stay strict, I guess, with yourself so you don't get to that breaking point again or so you don't affect yourself physically even more than what you did? It's really about balance. And even though my hubby will deny it, I'm the alpha of our household. So I have to be. And so I've taken on that role so I don't feel let down or disappointed in any way. So I don't feel resentment towards my hubby or his job. Uh, And for that reason, I'm aware that obviously it's his top priority. So I take all responsibility for the kids and the household and my business. So it's hard work and it's tiring and it has taken a toll, but the late nights, the early mornings, the minimal sleep, you know, I guess it's a means to an end. So that motivation in itself is so clear that I don't need discipline to be able to do what I need to get done. But yes, there are always things that need to be done. And sometimes not all of it does get done, but I start outsourcing (laughs) when I can't. And so because your husband doesn't post to different locations, but obviously he deploys and, you know, he's not home for long periods of time and you're MWDU, so that has its own challenges. Is that the long term, we'll just keep doing that for as long as it works or like how have you sort of worked that out? Like what is the, the long term plan with MWDU and deployments and being in different locations? He is due to have a posting up here. When and how long that's for, who knows? I wouldn't like to relocate to Sydney. The kids are fairly settled up here. And yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I guess that would be a standard answer for military life. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know what the future holds, um, which again, I guess, I, you know, going back to my business, which is why I've gone online. You know, nobody relies on me and I, you know, I don't feel bad calling in sick. Uh, or I don't feel bad, you know, going to kids, you know, events or I just, yeah, it just gives me so much more flexibility. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his plan is, to be honest. Yeah, Obviously you've resigned to the fact of if it's not working, that the automatic response is not, he has to come home. It is what other supports can I put in place for myself to make it work better? Yeah, absolutely. So we had an au pair, um, thanks COVID, they've all gone now. <laughs> the majority have gone. Oh my um, God, it must be terrible going from having an au pair oh, not to having one. Like how do you even transition to that? Oh, I don't know. It's been hard, um, especially because our first au pair was a unicorn au pair and she was just amazing. And we've had two others since then who, you know, they still fit in, but our first one, oh my God. So yeah, going from having an au pair to not having an au pair and to be honest, if any military wife is listening, get an au pair. I wish I had one when I first had um, Olive. So just, yeah, lifesaver. Like, I can't believe I worked so hard, you know, dropping off to daycare and picking up where I should have just got an au pair. And so have you made use of any of the spouse support in your location or have you accessed any supports through DCO or other community houses? Uh, no, I attempted once to uh, utilise DFA. Defence Families Australia and found it to be pointless Uh, and that was in line with the daycare options on base when I found out in Sydney who was running the daycare and how much money they were making from Defence Families it really gripped my gears and I had some uh, feedback 
to potentially um, help some defence families when it came to daycare and whatnot. But yeah, they just, you know, it got quickly shut down. So I was like, meh. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what support or information do you wish was offered to you when you were a new spouse? Like what could have been provided or what information could have been given to you to help you as a new spouse? Didn't find it too bad when, you know, we weren't married and we didn't have any kids because I still had a life and I still had disposable income and, you know, I didn't have much responsibility, but, you know, after the first deployment and, you know, having to mow my lawn with my daughter on my hip, and you know build throw up together in the shower (laughs) throw up on each other in the shower and just not have any support systems you know you'd be surprised that it's just the day-to-day things that are often the hardest so I worked full-time with two kids two dogs two properties to manage with yards and gardens and you know when I was sick I had no one to help so you know when you're paying full-time daycare there isn't much left over to pay people to help you get through the day so it puts a strain on your relationship so imagine six months without your hubby around and still trying to function as a normal family like or on the flip side, you're, you know, adjusting things and not doing things because you don't have that backup or that support or even know how to like even attempt it because you've got so much on your shoulders already. Absolutely. So, you know, if you know an army wife and their hubby's deployed or, you know, go mow their lawn, <laughs> go mow her lawn for her or take her some food, you know, or offer to mind her kids so she can just have a rest, you know, or take her dogs for a walk. I used to have to take my dogs for a walk when my kids, like when my daughter was asleep, you know, or take her kids to the park. So she can catch up on laundry. You know, those are the things that army wives and especially, you know, I speak from my own experiences. That's what I needed. I just needed that support and, you know, that, uh, you know, I'd feel bad paying for a gardener. Like, you know, I feel like they're for the rich and famous, but that takes time and effort and energy and you don't have any of that. So that's, and that's the that's thing what you I shouldn't be, that's the thing you shouldn't be using the extra money that, you know, your partner in defense is getting for being separated or being deployed on things that they could be at home doing. Like that's not the point of deployment and the Absolutely. extra money. Absolutely. Like it's not so you can still function while they're away. The point of that would is because it's to obviously give you that extra bonus for being apart and for him being away from or her being away from their family and friends for long periods of time and missing out and all that comes with defense and what they sign up for. And yeah. that extra money should be a bonus, not to fund a gardener <laughs> or an electrician to do the stuff that they could be doing at home. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. But it's like, and that's the thing that, and not a not a lot of people think about it, but it still needs to get done just because, yeah. you know, my husband's here for six months. It still needs to get done. The dogs still need to be walked. You know, the, the lawn still need to be mowed. So yeah, there were plenty of times where, um, as I said, it's just the day-to-day stuff that really gets to you. And especially if you're like me, where, you know, you like to have a clean house and you like to, you know, give your kids everything and, you know, just feel successful in your own right. That takes its toll. And well, I mean, after. you want to have something to show for all that the sacrifices that defense life brings for it. You don't want to think that, you know, what you have to show for it is paying a gardener. Like, yeah, you want to have something to show. show for it. Like, 
I've definitely got some gray hairs and squash yeah. vertebrae. <laughs> I know. Wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, it's just the day-to-day stuff. And as I said to hubby, if you came home to a less toxic environment, would that make you feel better? And he's like, yeah, I don't, it's hard enough on him as it is for us. Like it's the same. It's not just us who, you know, who it's hard on. It's hard on him as well. He's not home. He misses out on everything that that would have been great. And so. it's not even about whether someone is more resilient than the other. It's just the fact that, Sometimes like, you know, you might be okay for that first deployment or that first MWDU, but you know, when you do that continually over and over and you know, you don't have that control and there's always that expectation that defense comes first and all of that, that goes into it and you're sacrificing your career and, you know, looking after the kids all the time and all of that, it compiles to the point where it's not about resilience. It's just that you're worn down. Absolutely. Like everything in me is worn down. You know, as we've been doing it for yeah nine years now, and six, almost seven with the kids. So it, yeah, I'm pretty worn down. So, yeah. <laughs> so what about like what do you what sort of things do you do to help yourself out? Like obviously you're solo a lot of the time, and then when your husband is deployed, you're even more solo. Um, yeah. What do you do to kind of give yourself a break, or you know, look out for yourself and make sure that you're doing things for yourself time management for me and routine is key like so key for us and especially for the kids it just needs to fit in so there's not a lot of room for error as I said and prior to COVID we had our repairs and that was great it was amazing for us and it took a massive load off um, and a huge game changer so um, I can't wait for our next one to um, to join us but yeah for myself previously I wasn't doing a lot and that's probably taken its its biggest toll. So now I make it a non-negotiable that I'm looking after myself. So still not to the extent that I would like, you know, but, um, you know, I'm back at the Cairo and trying to fix my spine. <laughs> um, yeah, because that is like, that is a commitment to helping yourself and, you know, looking after yourself. Like even if it just is a Cairo appointment that in the long run is going to help everyone because you're going to be healthier and, and not in pain and, you know, that helps everyone out. And, you know, probably uh, prior to my business, I did, you know, I didn't really do a lot of me and I was pouring from an empty cup. So I'd fill it up a little bit and I'd pour again and I'd fill it up a little bit and I'd pour again. And it was just empty. And I'm a massive believer now that, and it, it has been due to my business, the fact that I can look at my life like this, that there is another option. And I completely now just fill my cup. And if it's not filled, as I said, it's not to the point where I'd like it. I've still got the kids. We're still, you know, hubby still lives away from us, but um, you know, it is about going to get a massage. It is about, you know, if hubby's here and I can have a nap. Yeah. So what have you learned along the way? Like what are some of the tips that you could give? What is it that you have learned along the way that you can share with others? Biggest thing for me is the defense is my husband's job slash career. That's his thing. And I don't let it control my life or my children's life if I can. You know, other than not seeing daddy, they know no different. It's jobs on in our household and we just get shit done. So daddy joins in when he can and I'm successful in my own right. And I don't feel as if I have any missing parts. So, you know, hubby compliments me rather than completing me. That sort of thinking even plays into your mindset of, you know, you compliment me, you don't complete me. Like that is a huge mind shift. Huge. Yeah. That's my biggest thing is that it's his job not mine. And, you know, I don't let it control our life and I can't because, you know, otherwise we would just, you know, I would feel like I completely, you know, rely on him and it would, our life would be 
driven by the defense and that doesn't you know it doesn't serve any of us really at the end of the day so be successful in your own right and yeah try not to let it affect your life in you know as many places as possible well thank you so much for coming on the podcast amanda and talking us through your experience as a spouse and mindset in regard to your career and your husband's career and how you make that work and i guess also you know being mwdu and deployments and how that works for your family and you know maybe it doesn't work for another family but it works for you guys thank you for having me i so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode there are definite ups and downs to military life but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together we are all just doing our best so until next week you got this let's do this together one day at a time Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarywifelife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 